0: Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. Today is Friday, July 5th, 2019, the Friday after the 4th of July, which is, of course, Independence Day. We celebrate Independence Day, or should I say some of us celebrate it because we honor our country. And it's 243 years as an independent nation. We remember the 243 years and the blood and hard labor that has taken to preserve it. On today's report, I will be talking about the debates recently held by the Democrat Party between its 20 candidates for the office of President of the United States of America. The Democrats have so many candidates running for their nomination, they have to take two nights to give them all a chance to be heard. I would guess that the movers and shakers in that party wish that a few of those candidates would just go away. But in today's America, everybody can come. Everybody can run. To talk about all the Democrat candidates would be an exercise in futility and would take weeks. So I will just hit a few of the highlights as I see them. There was a lot of talk about a lot of things, but the central theme of all the candidates, without exception, was anyone who wants to come to America, legally or illegally, is welcome to do so. And once here, everything should be free. There was no concern whatsoever for the will of the American people as expressed through their representatives in Congress and the Senate, through laws duly passed in accord with the Constitution, the rule of law, and the Constitution as the bulwark doesn't seem to occur to them. Many of them spoke Spanish to us or answered questions in Spanish, which is rude and insulting to those of us who live in an English-speaking country when asked the question, which of you think health care should be free to people who are illegally in America? Every single candidate raised their hands. They all oppose any and all restrictions on border crossings, any and all restrictions, whether legal or illegal, thus leaving the American taxpayer open and exposed to the whole world. Here's a question I would like to have heard the answer to, but unfortunately, it was never asked and it never will be asked. Question. There are currently between seven and one-half and eight billion people on planet Earth, hundreds of millions of those people, live in poor countries. Under difficult conditions, they would very much like to live in a rich country with free stuff. Many of those poor people have diseases that are untreatable and incurable where they live, but who would like a shot at free Western medicine? So what is the upper limit of how many you would let in, how many... Would you let in? How would you stop the rest? Because the American people are on the edge of their seats waiting your answer. You'll never hear that question posed to Democrats because that would require them to face reality instead of living in fantasy land. Sometimes I feel as if I went to sleep and woke up in an alien universe. I wonder if any of them even believe half of what they said. If they do, then there's a scary future ahead for America I have previous experience as a candidate for president and for vice president as well. As a Constitution Party nominee, I've been in many debates. Some of those debates I have participated in were televised, although only locally and also by networks such as Al Jazeera and Russia Today. Some of the candidates I debated were serious people who were difficult to refute, but most were a collection of socialists. And everything free, open borders types, I always tried to conduct myself with dignity. I wanted to leave the people with the impression that I was at least capable of holding the office. Were I to be elected, how can you take a candidate seriously? When he, as Cory Booker did, says that we haven't talked enough about black transsexuals, Senator Booker is a Yale lawyer. And a Rhodes Scholar, so he's not stupid, just diabolical. Or maybe there's a big voting block of black transsexuals in New Jersey. I don't know. I wonder if he's serious or just thought of it that night. Then you have a candidate who thinks we should provide abortions for free to men. That's right, folks. That's the level of seriousness with which some Democrats take this coming election. But on a higher plane, I have to say that Joe Biden was very disappointing Not demented or delusional, just disappointing. I expected him to be somewhat of an elder statesman, but he was just another pandering Democrat. And Kamala Harris reduced him to blubbering with her questioning of his civil rights statements. I wonder if he did any debate preparation. Didn't anyone tell him to anticipate those questions? I suppose he thought his fellow Democrats would be more civil and save the difficult, lying accusations for the Republicans. He says now he wasn't prepared for her question, so I will give him some answers right now to make him prepared for her the next time when she pointed out that he had come out against force busing, although that's my phrase, not hers. He should have said, yes, I was against force busing. I still am. It was a stupid policy that didn't work. It was one of the most hated policies in American history. Never apologize, Joe. Never apologize because it just weakens you. It doesn't work. In Joe Biden's case, it exposed him as a weak man who will do and say anything, whatever it takes to win power. He could also mention that he did not achieve his office in the horizontal position as she has done, according to the longtime California political operator Willie Brown. The other thing Joe could have used to dampen her spirit a little bit would have been to ask her, by the way, Kamala, I guess you know that those reparations for slavery you're pushing so hard for will be part, paid in part by you. See, Kamala's father, apparently an honorable and decent man like his daughter, called her when he heard her demanding reparations. Kamala, he said, I've never told you this, but our close relatives were slave owners for their sugar plantation in the islands. He even published a list of the slaves they owned, complete with names, which I have seen on the Internet, maybe Joe really is slow or at least not so quick on his feet, or maybe he's just following the Reagan rule, not speaking ill of a fellow Democrat even when attacked and knocked out. No, no, I think he just wants the job so desperately, too desperately, to throw caution to the wind and answer questions truthfully. I should probably say a few words about the New York Times' favorite candidate, Elizabeth Warren. Does she really expect us to believe that she wants to give taxpayer funds as reparations to gay people because they were denied the privilege of marriage for what, say, oh, about 6,000 years. Even if one agrees with her, in principle, who, who should pay for it? She's more articulate. And she has a Harvard way of enunciating her statements as a law professor would, so I'll give her that one. However, she cheated to get to Harvard. In some ways, that's worse than all those who are going to jail for cheating to get their kids into elite schools by paying someone to do it. She's worse because she lied repeatedly about it for herself, not for her kids. All those candidates are what they profess to hate so much. Rich and powerful, none of them are poor bootstrap types of people. So it's all just a facade, a power game for people who will do anything to anyone to gain power. They will destroy their own country, it's rule of law its institutions, and its way of life for its people, just for power. Speaking of rich and powerful, I suppose I should say a few words about Bernie Sanders and Bill de Blasio. Bernie took his honeymoon in Moscow during the Cold War. He owns three houses while professing to want to take the money out of politics. I guess that's probably because he's already taken as much money out of it as he needs. Bill took his honeymoon in Havana while it was still illegal to do that recently spoke to a group of workers by quoting mass murderer Che Guevara. Both are Stalinist in their thinking, so let the voters be advised. Who did the best in the actual debate then? My vote goes to Tulsi Gabbard. She brought the war we have fought. We are fighting, and we are providing to fight. She laid them right out in the open, as no other candidate is willing or able to do. She has the best and most articulate presentation of defense foreign policy of any candidate from either party. She put herself squarely in the crosshairs of the deep state and full view of the whole world. Quote, for too long our leaders have failed us, taking us into one regime change war after the next, leading us into a new Cold War, an arms race costing us trillions of our hard-earned taxpayer dollars and countless lives. This insanity must end. End quote, The New York Times doesn't like her because it prefers the old deep state battle axes such as Hillary Clinton and Elizabeth Warren. If Hillary had been elected or if Elizabeth Warren is elected, we would be or soon will be at war with Russia. That's the way I see it anyway. Few Americans who are not connected to the deep state in some fashion would disagree with Tulsi. She's a decorated soldier and a veteran of Iraq and Afghanistan. She has the experience To back up her word, she's only 38 years old. So she has the energy and the enthusiasm of youth, combined with the experience to temper it. All the other candidates walked gingerly around the minefield of war and peace, but Tulsi waited right in. My guess is she changed the way they will campaign from here on that will just highlight their own hypocrisy anti-war, right there for everyone to see, especially all those in the defense industry and those who own defense stocks, as well as everyone in the mainstream media. I hope she shakes up the Democrat Party with her message, unlike other Democrats who have occasionally expressed a desire for peace. When Tulsi says peace, she seems genuine and believable. Tulsi must be a perfect candidate then. No, no, I'm afraid not, folks, because... On most issues, she's just a typical liberal Democrat without an apparent connection to reality. I wish I could sit down with her, maybe discuss immigration, reparations, free stuff, and a few other issues. I like to think I could let her know why the Constitution is the bedrock upon which the rule of law rests. Its words are not just something to find a way around. She also says she would pardon Julian Assange, Edward Snowden, and Chelsea Manning, which gives her a moral compass, unlike the other Democrat candidates. That moral compass would allow me to tell her that government is not what she seems to think it is. Government is a predator, not a protector. Everything is free to the whole world. That approach runs into reality, and reality will win out every time. Free stuff means crushing taxes, and government doesn't tax to provide stuff. It provides stuff as an excuse to loot its population. If she knew those things, she would really be a great candidate. In that regard, she should talk a little bit about gratitude, as in, aren't you just a little bit grateful for what you have? Because I sure am. The American people would really appreciate hearing that. It would be a unique approach. Most Democrats no longer speak to or even understand those of us who live out here in flyover country, and how tired we are of hearing nothing but victimology from them. Finally, folks. Finally, I have trouble hating Tulsi. She provokes a positive reaction in me. That's something no other Democrat has done in the last, old 50 years or so. Can she win? Probably not, because the deep state will wait. Wait for its chance to destroy her. But if I were Donald Trump, I would hope she was not my opponent. That's the way I see it, folks. Until next time, this is Darrell Kessel. Thanks for listening.